Welcome, welcome, welcome to Thirst Knowledge Podcast, episode 95. 95. I'm James Evers. I'm Justin. I'm Seth Tardiff. And I'm Andrew Quist. And today on the episode, we have Andrew Quist <laughs> on the podcast. That is correct. We talk to Andrew as we normally do every couple of episodes. Andrew Quist. Yeah. How many times can we say Andrew Quist in this episode? Andrew Quist. <laughs> so enjoy. Enjoy. Thank you, Andrew Quist, for being on the podcast. Andrew Quist says thank you. Enjoy. Q, um, what what animal species or human do you think consumes the most semen? Do you think... Oh, okay. So this was the question was, what animal slash or do human... Okay, hold on. Do you think there's a species of animal that eats more semen than humans? That's the question. Oh, there? Yeah, I yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah. I thought when I was. I thought. Do humans eat more animal sh- animal semen, semen versus or human, human semen? Oh no, no. I'm just in general. Like, what species of of animal do you think consumes the most it's semen? It's probably aquatic. Oh. Um, because. Because it's just all floating around in exactly. there. Exactly. So imagine like what. A so blue, they're not like. Imagine what a blue whale load looks up. like. And like all the fish. Are yeah, exactly. So like some small. Yeah, like it's got okay. like small. Like I never thought about that. I guess you can't really things. measure. No. Yeah. yeah. I would thing. say out of all the species, humans eat the most loads. So land, land, land animals now. And then out of that, one hundred percent of those loads, ninety-five percent of those loads are human loads. You think there's 5% of people on this planet who are consuming <clears throat> non-human loads? Oh, yeah. For oh, sure. Yeah, people are I wouldn't say weird. 5%, but there is a percentage of people swallowing horse loads and That's, dog loads. And it's higher than zero. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What? Okay. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, I've witnessed it with my eyes. So. <laughs> whoa, whoa. I mean, there, it was on... I mean, I saw a bunch of twins guzzling down horse donkey cum on live TV. So Didn't yeah, one of the jackass people do that? Yeah, I mean, they eat loads all the time. Yeah, but they're doing that for money, though. I'm talking about doing this for pleasure. Oh, I mean, what is money but pleasure? <laughs> <laughs> fucking profound. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. I, I mean, I would say... So, yeah. I think it's aquatic. A blue whale's heart is the size of a Volkswagen Beetle. Damn. Imagine the blue how whales big are fucking... their loads are humongous. Yeah. Just saying. Um, it's a mammal. You know they got loads. I'm going to say, like, there's probably an animal somewhere that just loves. Like a monkey. Like a monkey. Monkeys a love jizz that. monkey. <laughs> oh, dude, monkeys. You never thought about monkeys. Oh, yeah. I mean, I saw a monkey eat his own load right in front of... Dude, okay, it's, it's so, got, dude, without even blinking... How just much like, sperm does a blue whale ejaculate? I'm going to say... I'm going to say, like, a 55-gallon buck, like, I was going to say around 50 gallons. That's what I was going to say. So, how many... Actually, no. You know what? No. it's got, That's too much. I'm let's, gonna let's, say, put it, let's put I'm it... Say, his heart is the size of a Volkswagen. I know. So, I mean, like, a 55-gallon drum, how many volts... How many... What percent what fraction of volkswagen Compared bug to my is heart to the volkswagen exactly. so it's like if you if you're if your load 10, is like a small times. handful and like What's that's that? not half the size of your heart you know what i mean I, okay so i produce a quart every time i come <laughs> so times that by a thousand thousand quarts do you have the answer yeah yeah oh my god is it i'm gonna say 10 gallons 
Okay, so let's talk in terms of leaders per second leaders square. Leaders announces like leaders. Okay, God damn I'm it. gonna actually. No, three point eight liters in a gallon. gallon. Three point eight liters so in a gallon. Almost sure. four. Okay, so, so wait, let's. On. So we'll I'm do gallons. Go, or it's three point two. I'm not sure. So how many ounces in a liter? Three hundred twenty-eight. How many ounces in a liter? No, 32. 32 ounces in a liter. Nope, it's 33.8. How many... How many... Ah, fuck, never mind. Okay. Yup. 30... Okay. 33.8 ounces in a liter. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. And then if you want... And then you divide that by how many ounces in a gallon? 128. 128. Okay. So how many gallons... Of cum. Of semen... I'm gonna go... blue whale ejaculate. I'm gonna go five. I'm gonna. That's. I'm gonna go sixty-seven. Five-gallon pail. Sixty-seven gallons. Sixty-nine gallons. Six, Seth. Price is right rules. Price is right. All right. I'm gonna go six gallons. <laughs> Ooh. You know, you should have. Five point one. It is five point two eight gallons. Oh. Fuck yeah! That's actually not a big load for a whale that well, size. Well, think about it though. A five-gallon Home Depot, a Homer bucket, a cum. Imagine dumping. Yeah. That's imagine per load. That, imagine that getting dumped on you. Yeah. Okay. Which that makes Pretty sense good. then. Like, is it a la warm or Nickelodeon is it style? Gack, right? Yeah. Like gack. Oh, I got gacked. <laughs> Fun fact: all gack is made out of whale cum. <laughs> So that actually kind of makes sense. If you put a five-gallon bucket next to a Volkswagen Beetle, mm-hmm. my heart versus my load, yeah, that scales right. Heart-to-load ratio. <laughs> I mean, what's heart a load-to-heart load ratio? What's a decent really load? getting deep <laughs> Like into... two to three tablespoons? <laughs> I don't know. What, my Jack? Like a load? Yeah, what is it's that? Like lo- a... that's maybe two to three, maybe no. Like two teaspoons. Teasp- teaspoons. Yeah, not tablespoons. Do we include the blood and some of that weird cloudy stuff that's in there? Oh, it's usually. I thought that's what loads are. <laughs> <laughs> Yours aren't what? pink, <laughs> right? It's like a deep red, right? <laughs> I thought it was more like when you crack an egg open. You know? <laughs> Mostly clear, but with one <laughs> one big large orange blob. Orange <laughs> I come out bird, baby. Oh Christ. <laughs> Okay. So kites. Five gallons. Yeah. You guys ever seen kite surfing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah all the go time. To OBS, Dude, bro. That fucking, shit is cool. That's that's old news, Q. I know, okay, but it's like I saw it. I saw it in Hawaii. It's like, man. I saw some a dude, of those guys go. They're in the, the air. They get a long time. The air they yeah. get. I wild. saw a dude get caught up in like a a wind jet, and he went up about like seventy feet, and then he like turned his kite around. And that fucking wind thing took him and then, like, whipped fucking him? whipped him down. So, wow. like, not only did he fall that high, but then he got, like, it's a good slammed. Whip. Oh, that's so terrifying. fucked. Because if you do it on, on the water. I saw another dude. When I see I see dudes, I see them online. <laughs> yeah. I saw another dude. <laughs> right. Okay, um, just so parasailing, that's clear. like, with a boat. Yeah. And then the rope snapped. And the motherfucker just flies away. <laughs> <laughs> but at and least does, you know you're going to come down soft. Oh, then, yeah. You already get the thing on you. Uh, I don't know. He didn't go towards the water. He went towards the city. Oh, good. Yeah, so there's a lot of big buildings and shit. So <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, dude. yeah. Right into some power lines. That was a gem. That was a gem video, yeah. I also saw a video of a dude in a balloon in Clinton in front of cons. You guys know about cons. Oh, I know. Yeah, we know and he cons. flies right into the fucking three phase wires, and there's like, bah, 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 bah. I was like, oh shit, that's like right where I used to live. Wow. Do you know about con? I don't think so. All right. Is it a bar? <laughs> 
It's a gas station. Well, it's just a gas. It's and Khan is a Muslim man. Okay. Or Middle Eastern man, whatever. Okay. You, I don't know what his religion was. But it's was. a gas station. What part of Clinton? Um, the shitty one. The say, shitty oh, area. Say I'm coming from Boylston. Boylston. Okay. Okay, and I go past uh, the high school that has the Gales. Yep, that's the Galloping Gales. Okay, and then I I'm going down. Go down that hill. I go down that hill. Okay, and then there's a Dunks right there in the yeah. corner. You keep yep. going straight. Okay. Keep going straight. You go under that bridge, that little yep. stone bridge. Yeah, where like the old manufacturing facility was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then how about you, I don't know, take a left right there instead <laughs> okay. at that light. All right. Go down that, and maybe you'll hit a fucking four-way stop. Okay. Maybe. Breakaways. <laughs> right, Breakaways right. Billiard is right there. Okay. Take a right at that stop sign. Right over there. Okay. That corner, there's a gas station called the Quickie Mart. Okay. That's yeah, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. It was called the Quickie Mart? I think it was called the Quickie Mart. I yes, f- that's a real name that I've seen on mm-hmm. convenience. Okay. Yeah, 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 definitely, definitely. I used it to ride a, over time. I used to ride my bike around the Wachusett Reservoir, so I'd go down that hill instead of going straight. I'd take a right, and then go back up, up the hill past the old train tunnel. You've probably gone in there. Yeah, a bunch yeah, of times. oh yeah. I went that. We used to call that. You probably the got your dick sucked in that tunnel, bro. Oh baby, that was a scary tunnel. You yep. don't get your dick stuck in that yeah. because you're vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of like focused on that one thing, so like anything could come behind you. Yeah, um, it is very spooky in there. Never got a BJ in that tunnel. Um, caught a lot of frogs in that tunnel. Okay. Yep. I was scared of that tunnel. It was scary. Yeah. You know? That was near the reservoir, right? Yep. Right across from. Yeah. You used to call that the frog tunnel. Yeah. There's a dam there, yeah. I'm going to sneeze real quick. Watermelon. Pineapple. Watermelon. Pineapple. <laughs> okay, it didn't work. Sorry. Looks like we proved that theory wrong. <laughs> the watermelon's a lie. A girl at, in high school used to tell me to put my fucking thumb. Yes, like, I've heard that too. That, and it would stop you from sneezing. We'll try it next time. Yeah. Okay. You put the thumb on the roof of your mouth? Yeah, right yeah, behind your uh, front teeth. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it is weird. I'll try it next time allergy season rolls around. And then if you like buzz your like you make a buzzing noise and put your fucking knuckles across your nose, it'll like vibrate and make you want to sneeze. Yes. Like mm, Yeah. Like, yeah. You get a lot of weird sensory reactions. Another rule, did face. you remember in high school where people would say every time you sneeze it's an eighth of an orgasm? Did you ever hear I've that? Never heard never. that. Never? Never heard that. People no. used to tell me that. Like every time you sneeze, you just basically had an eighth of an orgasm. I'm like, oh, interesting. I'm like, if I sneeze eight times, is that equivalent? They go, no, it's every time is one eighth. It, you'll never get there. <laughs> then what I, the hell? I would, I would see girls sneeze in high, in like not high school, middle school. I'm like, that bitch just had an eighth of an orgasm. What a slut! What the fuck, man? Why does that make her a slut? <laughs> I was just coming in school in front of all these strangers. <laughs> I don't understand this <laughs> at all. It's an eighth. It's an eighth of coming in front of strangers. Uh, oh, that's so weird. It's true. It's funny when you talk about all these weird things, like, like the school lunch thing. Like, I remember very vague memories of eating school lunch when I was in public school in like fourth grade. And then obviously I didn't have to go to lunch until I was a junior. You guys didn't eat lunch at home school? Well, we did, but not like, it wasn't like, which table am I going to sit at? Oh my God, you know? It's me and my mom. (laughs) Just the kitchen table. Yeah, exactly. You know? How much much time did you have for lunch at home school? Any time, as much time as you wanted, baby. Damn, no rules then. I would do, sometimes I would do twice as much work to have the next day off. Or not even twice as much, just do my assignments for the next day. Damn, yeah. it sounds think, like a lot of freedom. Think yeah, about dude. how much time you waste in school anyway. 
There's a lot of fucking stupid shit you do in between when a- shit's actually getting done. So did you? And have then to half t- the shit that you're actually doing is bullshit anyway. So yeah, school's really. I'm for the homeschool thing. I'm yeah. with Andy over did here. Did you? Have yeah, but to... like, but you need that on the on the downside. What do you feel like you missed not... out on? We're gonna go. We're you gonna go full boat. I'm going full boat homeschool on this podcast starting right now. I have a lot of fucking questions about this. Shit, you so need that. You need that social structure. There you, was a social can... aspect. There were other other kids that were homeschooled that we were linked up with, and it was usually from like a broadly similar religious background. So there were other people that we were. Can we start? Can we, we start saw. this from the very beginning? Okay. All right. Why do you think your parents wanted you to get homeschooled? Is it a vaccine we thing? Talk, a no, we talked about thing? this yesterday, actually. Yeah. Well, we didn't talk about it on the podcast, and I wasn't with y'all because you guys were fucking hiking a good thirty no, this yards was last from night me at the fire when I was asleep, when I was you suffering might, you, from joint pains. You might have just been like pooping or something. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Could have been pooping. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They pulled me out of school. They pulled you out for ideological reasons, essentially. Religious. Yeah. Okay. What about pol- pol- politics too? Um, was there high politics in school then? I don't fucking know. No, there weren't. There was not. And unless it, I mean, no, no, there wasn't. It has nothing to do with it. It's more with like moral religious reasons, which I guess could be construed as political if. You, yeah. But at the time, for when when it when it happened. Did you have the feeling, oh, it's for religious reasons? Did you know, did you like, do you think you like, you got that? Or wasn't, that wasn't until later where you realized, oh, that's why. I was getting pulled out. I was told why. I was upset. Yeah, you got friends and shit. I was like, what the fuck? Sort of, I guess. Patty. (laughs) 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 Fucking Patty. (laughs) So weird. So weird. Yeah, it's, I'm never going to. That's I'm, a weird connection, by the way. I'm, yeah. Well, we talked about it last year or two yeah, years. Yeah. Like, the series of things that had to happen a certain way that it could have been different any other way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That blows my mind. But, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I had friends that was normal, um, sort of what I was used to. So I was upset about it. Uh, it was partly for this, you know, ideological reasons about, you know being exposed to the concept of gay at too young an age, I guess, and asking my parents what that meant. And then interesting. Yeah. Fourth grade. Yeah. I remember knowing what gay was, but gay was more of a slang word for being annoying or stupid. Yeah, exactly. So this was what was presented. And well, the thing is it was presented in the context of a, a lesson on Mozart or whatever. So, that's the thing. It wasn't like, you know, in the hallways or whatever, because God knows I got called a faggot by Rory McConnor enough times. And Rory, that man or woman. Because Rory's <laughs> a, very, <laughs> a very fucking neutral gendered name. I know. It's Pat. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> fucking so Pat. when I got pulled out, I didn't. I guess I didn't really have a... I had, I had what I was told and what, what I would hear my parents tell other people. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of is like what formed my understanding of it initially. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you're sort of, so I was fifth grade, sixth, sixth, seventh, eighth, freshman, sophomore were the years that I was homeschooled. Damn. So all, when people talk about bad middle school years, I'm like, I guess I, don't I also I was that. involved in church. So you had the social aspect. So of yeah. So it was like youth group and you know. Sunday church and that whole aspect of it. Uh, 
the the homeschool group though was kind of <laughs> there was me and like two or three other families that would get together for this was only like a few years in the middle of that whole period I think but I was it was basically I used to call it report club so there is a woman who used to teach at Wachusett Valley Christian Academy, which is where I went for kindergarten. Mm-hmm. It was a private school that used to be in Holden. And there was a teacher there and the principal. They were married. It was like James Robinson and Barbara Robinson. Mm-hmm. And somehow my parents got linked up to them again years later. And, you know, she had homeschooled as well. And they were all kind of in the same orbit. So we were involved in, when when I say report club, Barbara Robinson ran this thing where like a bunch of these homeschool kids would, you know, it was a theme every year. So one year it was like about insects and arachnids and the next year it was about sea creatures was like the theme. Denizens of the Deep was the sea creature one. That's like the name she came up with. And that's why you know so much about blue whales. And the, actually, how, how much semen they hold? Actually, yeah, you're probably spot on because, with that uh, cum thing, that <laughs> <laughs> like to the T. Like, like five gallons was like a rough estimate. Like, yeah, yeah I don't know, something like five some gallons. Five or gallons. I, m- I remember Mrs. Robinson talking about a lot of loads <laughs> and like which creature has the most loads. Well, that's the thing. So each various month, loads. Forever, forever many months that we had. I think it was, I might have been all year. Maybe it was just like ten months out of the year. But like you'd, it was a different category. So one year it was, um, you know mammals uh, aquatic mammals so that's when you had whales and dolphins and things mm-hmm. uh, the next month might have been like deep sea so like i did deep sea cucumber or some shit crustaceans Ooh, was the another loads coming out of a deep sea cucumber <laughs> man crustaceans would be another month etc cetera, etc cetera. you know you'd have all these different right things but <clears throat> that was the second time the second year the first year was it had the the the, the pithy theme name was like entomology or something that's something, something insects yeah exactly i took something, entomology in high school something to bring in that it was a play on entomology one way or another so that was like you know one one month would have been like arachnids. butterflies and caterpillars okay. and arachnids might have been another month uh i don't even know the categories one of them i did silverfish okay so, and you'd also that was another thing i fucking remember is like you get a nickname this whole thing was like very. So you were silverfish. Very, I was Sven the silverfish because okay. when I was that age, Sven? I tried. I tried to make that work for myself. I tried to pick a nickname and make it work. It's dumb. As and, Sven? and you were trying to be yeah. Sven. Sven, yeah. Sven. 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 Yeah. Sven. Why do I'm gonna start calling you Sven? Don't. Now. What nah. is? It seems uh, like that's what you want. So I'm gonna <laughs> give it to you. That's what like you're basically begging for. Eleven it, so. year old me wanted maybe. So I have a I have a question. It's not necessarily a question. But hold on, hold on. Okay. Before you get to that, I just yep, need, go I, for it. I, this has been bugging me since last night because uh, I never knew it. Was Mozart gay? Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> Mozart was yeah. gay. I did no, not no, know no, no. He's not gay. Mozart was a fudge packer. Jesus Christ! Wait, what do you those mean? Those were the words. Did he pack fudge, or was he the one getting packed? <laughs> I I I remember like watching in in he music was? class watching some video that was like a reenactment of, or like some kind of biography or something on Mozart's life. Can you can you mouth some of the work that he did so I can get a good 
vibe. Oh, it's not Beethoven, so no, it's, it's Mozart. No, it's not Beethoven. I usually, when I, like the last time, last three times I listened to Mozart, it was his Unfinished Requiem, which is fucking epic. Yeah. But I, I, you could be able to. Is I Beethoven I or the Mozart with that was um, less the. Um, Pull up Spotify on that. Yeah. I can only do it for like three seconds or else it's a licensing thing, right? Um, I think I think source, yeah I think Mozart's yeah. pretty yeah. open source at this point. Ina Klein and knocked me. You got seventy years. That's, I believe that's a really well known. So one. do I just do the number Anna one? Anna yeah, is, is it Anna Lise? Fur Elise. That's Fur Elise. Beethoven. That's Beethoven. Yeah. That's number, da, na, 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 so number one popular. Oh my god. Okay. Whatever. Come on. Fun fact about Beethoven. So he's a composer. Mozart? Mozart is a child prodigy. Yeah. He started, he, so his first compositions were like when he was four. Yes. Okay. And he was just, so he was this great sort of... I've heard this. Interesting thing about Mozart is that the Mozart effect is a documented real effect. If you where listen you, to his music, you turn gay. You get a slight IQ boost for a short amount of time. The fuck? Yeah. Really? And that's real? This is what... This is what... That's facts, yeah. on. That's facts? This is what has been demonstrated. Do you think that has anything to do with just how he composed music? Obviously, it wasn't intentional or anything. I feel like it's, it's complex. Like, it lets you think. A, you can hear different stages of who's playing it's what. A, it's a lot of that. you can hear those layers. So, uh, one thing is, dissect like, those layers when we easier. talk about classical music, that's usually a term we use to refer to anything that has violence in it. Yeah, but classical music in in the history of music is like one sort of um, time period, yep. more or less, like post Baroque and pre. I don't know, kind of fades out in the nineteenth uh, century, more or less, or becomes it beca- doesn't fade out. It just becomes more. Um, you get more na- nationalist composers like Berlioz from like Finland or uh, Yo Yo Ma from no, um, <laughs> Norway. <laughs> Um, and they'll use the same instrumentation, but then they'll adapt folk tunes from sure. their regions. Dvor- Dvorak did the same thing um, with his like Hungarian dances. It's like you're it's still like you know oboes and 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 violas and stuff, but it's you know it's not like this the classical period where they're. It seems very like the classical mu- music seems very like proggy. Like it's this very like movements and stuff yeah yeah it's, well, yeah. it's, it's a yeah, very not, like there's not there's not really hook i mean there's sometimes kind of hooks yeah but there mo- are certain motifs like yeah, I mean, yeah, every yeah. like symphony or what have you will have a motif yeah that'll be repeated because a motif is just what four or five notes that are repeated so there's a lot of different ways to do that you exactly. put in a different key put in a different sure you know different instruments or whatever yep. um yep. so that being said uh mozart composed in that classical period and it's you know also when you had a lot of it's called classical because I mean, the harmonies are all. There's no like. There's not a lot of dissonance. Um, Isn't it also- romanticism? That's the that's the what comes right after the classical period. So that's technically where Beethoven is. He's like on that cusp there. Um, but yeah, classical music is like. There's also a certain like <clears throat> format. Yeah, exactly. Of music format. As well. There's a certain form to it. There are certain harmonies that are favored. Yeah. Um, over other ones. Um, it's more. It's meant to be more intellectual, I guess, rather than, yeah, in some cases, Your rather modes. than um, emotive, which is what the Romantic period is. So, you know, you listen to like the Moonlight Sonata by Beethoven, and it's very like, you know, sad and sort of moving in these ways. Or his Fifth Symphony, like dun 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 dun, you know, 
these are these, those are meant those are meant to sort of elicit emotions classical music is not really meant to do that as much Mm-hmm. There's so. a story, and you can fact check it, or you can just believe me, and I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm gonna believe. I will believe, believe me because this is this sounds legit. <laughs> so I heard this story where Beethoven was writing for Elise, and that's the one that goes da na 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 na, and he was writing it for a woman who he loved, and this woman wanted to learn how to p- play piano, so he wrote a song for her to learn. And it was very simple in the beginning. And then he found out that she was actually like seeing someone else. He got pissed. And while he was writing it, he went and made it way too hard for her to learn. He was like, fuck you, bitch. Good luck learning this song, motherfucker. And then it went yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, fuck, that's hilarious. I hope that's true. It's true. It's true to me. It's true to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then. Is fur mean four? I don't know. Is it four Elise? German, so yeah. this is four yeah. Elise. Yeah. And like, this is for you, bitch. No, 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 no. Just kidding, bitch. This is for you. It's for me. You stupid whore. You fucking cheated on me with Barry. You fucking whore. Barry? Barry. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, Beethoven. God. He's yes. like, you fucking Barry, bitch. I don't okay. Know. All right, so um, James, I interrupted you because I needed to know about Mozart. But well, <laughs> yes. do you remember what you so were going to say? So this is about homeschooling again, yeah. and I've had yeah. these like thoughts of like, if like you could homeschool your kids, you got to get through these fucking stages. You know, there's like all sorts of developmental stages that are important in fucking life. Right. So like in the beginning, you know, like maybe like when's preschool? Four, Age four, four. Yeah. Okay, so from one to four, your kid's pretty much chilling at your house. Whatever it learns it will learn from you, right? So you want to like fucking put these building blocks, like kids fucking learn language really well, these early stages and these fucking things. So you want to like maybe homeschool if you even fucking can those first four years. But then after that, there's like these fucking social building blocks they need to learn, like learning how to share, learning how to communicate once they learn how to speak. And those are really important with like groups of kids to like fucking get through those stages. And it seemed like you 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 got, went through those stages in public sectors, which is good. And you didn't even start getting homeschooled until fourth grade, so you had like a fifth, good fifth grade technically. So you had like a good what, like eight years? How old are you in fifth grade? Like eight, I was, nine. I was nine in nine? fourth grade. You're like eleven, ten or eleven in fifth grade. Yeah, yeah. He was nine in fourth grade. Yeah. How do you become eleven in fifth? You skip two more years. Could be depending on the time of year you're born. I don't yeah. know. I always thought fourth grade was 10 years. Yeah. Fourth, I thought 14 was I high school. I always started young in school because my birthday is in September. Do you yeah. feel like you got an edge up when you got homeschooled because you were getting more efficient learning? Or do you think, I mean, it, I guess it depends on the situation, like depends on how you get taught. Depends on the kid. Depends on depends your genetics. On, depends uh, on a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. yeah. But I think. I feel like there's like a good, if you do it right, you can fucking excel fast. When you're getting home, it depends. I mean, I, yeah, again, it's like your genetic lottery is a big part of it. I feel like, I feel like I excelled, but I also feel like I'm the type of person that is predisposed to excelling in that environment. You're telling me you're a or genius? because that environment made me the type of person to be mm. predispos- predisposed to excel in that yeah. environment. It's so really it's hard really to hard figure to, that out. It's really yeah. hard to figure out where one thing yeah. stops and another begins, but. The other thing, like, 
it should be mentioned that you met, you kind of slid it in there. Like, even if you're able to homeschool, homeschooling is a fucking luxury. If you were able to do that, then it means that's you can assuming live you have two income. parents. Exactly. You can live off one income and the other one is going to be a good teacher. Now that doesn't mean every fucking parent's a good teacher. Mm-hmm. Fuck. Yeah. Right. Like, let's not forget about that. Like there's an art to getting information from one head to someone else's and you can teach your heart out. And, but when that kid leaves the classroom or your kitchen table, they might be taking something with them. That's completely different or not exactly how you were trying to get it into them. Or if you accidentally push some ideas that aren't really necessary yeah, for schooling. Exactly. Like religion. So and here's the other part to that is that, you know, when I was starting to get homeschooled, like, okay, homeschool curriculum, there are like three options and they are all fundamentalist evangelical based. Are they? Well, at least it was when I started. Yeah, it's it, uh, homeschooling's. I've looked into it a little bit, not like super in depth, but there's. It's come a long way. Since I would then. hope so. And also, another part of it is now in certain areas and certain places, people are trying to. They're not. It's not necessarily like forming their own school, but instead of just being homeschooled by one parent. If you have a group of people um, and one one parent, like, uh, so you've got, like, seven different families. They're all homeschooling their kids. You're saying they're like-minded people? No, they like well, rotate no, not even, no, not even necessarily that. You've just got, say you've got seven different families. They could be as diverse or non-diverse, whatever. But now you've got one parent that's good at math, another parent that's good at science, another parent that's good at art, reading, whatever. Now you've kind of got a group of kids who are being homeschooled by multiple parents in the subjects that are their strengths. But that, like, that's... That's assuming that there's, there's enough people to cover strengths. There's that's a, a rare... Well, no, 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 rare. but that's what I'm saying. That's that's yeah. a very... there. But I know that there are there's people that are trying to make this happen right now. Yeah. But that is very fucking hard, and you have like there's so many things that need to click. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that, you have to like seven families with one income support. And we can call it I mean? the seven sons. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not even necessarily one income support because now you have people like you've got nurses, you've got people that have different kinds of jobs where maybe they're working two days a week, maybe the other person's working. And they got time. To you know, a couple out. days a week. So it's like you're not when you're looking outside of these traditional. 40 hour five day a week uh work structures when you're like okay i work one parent works a little bit on the weekend another parent works sometime during the week your schedules aren't completely overlapping where you need daycare there's all these other things especially now that we've got the internet we've got new technology we've got remote stuff there's all these resources that we have and new different job structures you know not everybody's a lunch pail fucking i feel like i feel like this idea of homeschooling is getting more popularized now with like all this like political like gender studies in school and pushing it with younger kids i feel like a lot of people are getting uncomfortable about it and wanting to find an um an auxiliary way of learning or like a second form of pushing this weird public stuff into young kids of like I mean regar- these new views that are happening yeah regar- regardless, regardless of what, they of are. what like the the thing is that you're against whatever the public school system is like that you think whatever agenda they're pushing there may be other reasons that people don't like I want. mean when I was in school I and I I want to ask uh, a parent like one of our parents when we were in school, were there subjects that you guys were uncomfortable uncomfortable about that they were pushing on us, whether it be like communism or fucking who knows what? 
And like, I just feel like there's so many people now with younger kids feeling uncomfortable about like the curriculum, like the that's, curriculum happening that's happening, whether it be like race theory or like gender studies right. like early, early on. That's no happening. kid is being taught race theory. That shit doesn't happen until you're in fucking college. So all, sure? this, all this hubbub about critical race theory in fucking elementary school is fucking smoke blowing up your ass. Is it? Yes. There's some fucking people in my, in my work who are like in the, the school committees and they're saying like their kids are getting pushed on all sorts of stuff and they're forcing them to like come out of it. Maybe not race theory, but it's like definitely gender studies. And, all, and these kids are like in second, third, fourth grade. And he said, there's one, there's a te- school teacher that I'm talking to. She teaches third grade. She said there's seven transgender kids in her class. Is that crazy? What grade? Third. Okay. Third grade. There's seven transgender kids in her class this year, and she's only got a classroom of 23 people. It's pretty wild, no? I mean, <clears throat> so how much of that? So basically, how much of that how is much actual, is it, real, or pushed on, or from, influenced, right? And, and that the kids are taking on and either believing or, I mean, brainwash is a heavy fucking word to say, but like, right. How and much it, of that it might not even be from their parents, but just from like internet and society. Yeah, that shit that comes right. from home, school, anywhere you are with that you know right. porn pipeline in your pocket. Oh, it's so good though. It's so solid. <laughs> <laughs> so solid. It's like a, it's like heroin train, choo choo, coming right to the bloodstream. Do you think that? So I think <clears throat> I, I think um, like not touching on this subject specifically, but just um, yeah, the way that we consume. Uh, uh, information now is so vastly different um, over the past fucking 20 years or whatever and it's it, it it's an accelerated rate is that you may be seeing examples of it of any anything anything you can skew you can make it look like every city's burning uh, because you just saw five different fucking videos of a house fire For sure or something like that. You know what I mean? That doesn't mean that every house is on fire. But right. for some reason, you just saw five videos of houses on fire. Yeah, it's confirmation bias and selection bias. Yeah, exactly. So now, I mean, I don't know the statistics of a lot of stuff. Like, I, I kind of... My my whole thing lately, because of all this news and everything that's like coming at you and people are talking to you about stuff, I, I've kind of taken a step back from that recently and I'm just trying to focus on what's happening in my immediate surroundings because I, I actually interact with those surroundings. Right. So I can, I, can, I can have a little bit more of an influence on what's happening towards me. Whereas if I see all this news about this, so, whether or not it's true, whether or not it's right or whatever, I can't affect a lot of that stuff. I can really only affect what's going on in my family, with my friends, with my people at work, in my local community. That's where you start. So, you start brainwashing your, your closest friends and their families, <laughs> and then you make a church. And then make well, that no, church well, into no. a world church. So, so I, that, that is the thing, is like that people spend so much time looking at national news or, about what's going on across the country yeah. or fucking in areas that have no influence on them. Okay. The other side of the world from that. Not Where, to say that you shouldn't be worried about this is This is the thing. Is like, yes, but focusing on the shiniest things right in front of you. So Immanuel Kant has an ethical sort of outlook where a categorical imperative, there's a couple of different forms of this, categorical imperative. And one of them is if you don't, 
if you're thinking about, you know, a position on something or an act or whatever, if you can't like in good conscience, wish that to be a universal law that everyone else should follow, then you shouldn't either. Hmm. So for example, so for example, um, yeah, I'm just going to toss my beer can in the woods because it's just me. This is no big deal, whatever. Mm. But if mm-hmm. everyone else started throwing their beer cans in the woods, beer, th- beer cans everywhere. Exactly. So you think about this in, in other ways, like, oh, should I, uh, you know, walk past this dying person in the street? Well, it's just me or whatever. You know, no one's going to see. But if, if you can't sort of like will that on everyone else or like see that as a universal precept, then you shouldn't, you know what I mean? So I, I do that when I view relationships. Like hardcore, if that makes sense. Like, would it be attractive for me to like bust ass right here? Probably not. And if she <laughs> did that too, I'd be like, gross, what the fuck? So I just don't do shit that I would find unattractive. I don't do that shit. I don't know. Does that make sense? <laughs> I don't know quite how I that's know, related. Maybe that's, that's I, more of like a sort of in a binary system. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> It's just yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. It's just me. Yeah. But that being said, it's like, I don't know. It's it's difficult because a lot of the things, yeah, you can affect a lot of the things, but some of the things it's like, you kind of have to think about, like I keep coming back to, there's only really one issue beyond your region or your, what, what, like mm-hmm. uh, wherever you draw that fence line, there's only yeah. really one issue that matters and that's the climate. And because if that goes South or gets better or worse, that's like, you know, that's everyone. It doesn't matter if you're Republican, Democrat, Muslim, Jew, Christian, like if the earth is burning American, and Boston, New York, Washington, DC, Miami, all this shit's underwater. It's fucking everything on the West coast. All that's underwater. Like what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. You might be safe in your little mountain cabin in Vermont until it gets overrun by all the people who are climate refugees trying to get away from the the places they all evacuated, which by the way, are the most populous parts of the fucking country. So it's like this shit's going to hit the fan and it's going to affect everyone one way or another. Just buy that real estate up so you make some motherfucking money, Well, that's the thing. Money, that's the son. thing. So what's, what's, what, how do you deal with that? You like, buy, how do you fucking deal? Like, buy, how do you mentally deal with, how, like, this, this, uh, this issue that's... Mentally? Drugs and alcohol. So, <laughs> well, so, yeah. Well, here's the thing is, like... So th- this, again, kind of goes back to Seth's point of... Uh, what was it? What? Jack Cornfield, that guy. Uh, if you want to change the world, first you got to tend to your garden. Yeah. Like, being, like, fucking worry about fixing your own garden first and use that to change the world. I understand. Well, I understand that. But things like like the climate, whether or not you recycle doesn't fucking matter. Because it, it doesn't. Goes to no, the it really trash, doesn't. Baby. It doesn't. You can take your your brand new TV, smash it, bury it in your backyard. It doesn't fucking matter. Right. It matters if massive corporations do something. So if you, I think if if you really, I mean. Yeah, that 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 is a really tough problem. It's a really because you could say like, okay, yeah, how does one? You can do all your little things, but yeah, drop in the ocean in your little community. I mean, but but like, okay, if you really want to do it and you want to make it your life's mission to do that, then yeah, you got to put in a lot of work, a lot of work, and you either got to get super rich or you got to be able, you got to be in advocate and make some kind of nonprofit or something. Yeah, I mean, the, like, the other, like, because no, think about that. The only, the only levers that can do anything about climate change at the end end up being more or less political. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's because it has to do with policy, which yeah. is set by people who are but politicians. What is, so then you get sort of tied off, up into this whole other thing. Yeah. 
It all and runs off one thing, though. It runs off cash, money, sun. Well, that's the None thing. None of this shit works without money. That's one of three, or part of one of three so, American values. So every time you fucking buy something, you're voting with your dollar. We've talked about it a hundred yeah. times on this podcast. Mm-hmm. Whether it be buying a fucking beer or a bottle of water that's made out of plastic and all that yes, shit. Yes, yes. Oh my <laughs> God, I've been wanting us to talk about bottled water all oh damn God. day. Whether it be <laughs> bottled water. It's a great segue into our real topic. fucking water. Bottled by itself, whether it be made out of plastic or water made out of ice water, bottled by itself. Yeah, it's all your dollars, your fucking vote. They don't care about your voice; they care about your motherfucking money, son. Where are you dumping your cash? So, so if you want to buy plastic bags in bottled water, <laughs> hashtag bottled water. Guess what? That's going into the dump, full of oil, and it's gonna be inside you, and you shit out a fucking credit card of plastic every day. We're all got cancer and pesticides in our fucking bloodstream. Well, I mean, We're yeah, all fucked. that's the thing. Like, so one one that's a one reaction, one natural reaction is fuck it. Let the whole world burn. By the time it's a real problem, I'll be fucking dead. I mean, that's everyone's mindset for the last hundred years. Exactly. But here's the thing. Seth just had a kid. He has literal genetic skin in the game. I know. That's why you make a Roth IRA under Seth's son, Wes, and by the time he's 18, he'll have like $10 million, (laughs) and you're fucking Gucci. He can go buy whatever he wants. He'll buy his bunker and No, 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 no. no. We'll start that Roth IRA for him, then he can get a bunch of money, and then boom, he's using that money to fight- I can't afford two Roth IRAs. The corporations against the Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, like- By the time he has grandkids, there's- It's going to be a Mad Max hellscape. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I heard human meat tastes just like pig, as so. as much as we like as hard as it is. I think the things that we can do is we can educate our children uh, to be better people. I think that's really important. And like yeah. whatever you think that means, like just b- lead by example. Be a good person. Be a kind person. And the more we have of kind, good people in the world, hopefully in you know years to come they will be in not that many years like 30 40 years which you know whatever they'll be the ceos they'll be the politicians they'll be the whatever and hopefully they'll be way hopefully we can only hope that they will be way better than what is in existence now and they won't be corrupted by money and greed and all that shit some of them will definitely be and try to but keep if, religious and state out of it <laughs> <laughs> you know but i mean yeah, it's tough to be one man and, and make a giant change. So that, like, I've, so I've, I've, I've thought about this a lot, especially since yeah. I've had a kid, you know? It's like, how do you make the world better? And I think that's, it's leading, a lot of it is leading by example and trying to be a better okay. person and teaching your kids to be good people, you know? And, that, and that's fucking hard in and of itself. Like, uh, <clears throat> but you know what's fucking good? Money. <laughs> <laughs> I it's mean, better than heroin, yeah. son. Ooh, that is, you're not false in a accurate description. Money and of, sex of America. Like I said, American alcohol. values is greed, ignorance, and violence. That's the only the only three, as we, far as I'm concerned. We need what to about cha- sex, We need bro. to change that. Greed though. that like, porn. falls under sex falls under greed. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. Does drugs and alcohol fall under greed too? Ignorance. No. Ignorance. I'm ignorant. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm greedy. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we need to be we need to be optimists. I do, and that's the thing. I was talking to my parents about this. Yeah. It's like there's a shitload of data for that. 
clinical data on on a positive mindset and all kinds of mental well-being. Oh yeah, it's like yeah. crucial for it. Yeah, and it's like I intellectually know this, but it is so goddamn hard it's to hard. put it into actual practice. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I, you know, five what I mean? weeks ago, five weeks ago, I lived that shit every day of my life. I was positive, optimistic for like fifteen years. That's how I live, bro. Every day of my life, I was like, it was rain outside. I'm like, well, at least it's not a fucking hurricane, and at least you're not fucking dead, and you got this and that. All day, every day. I was all about it. I was the healthiest man alive. I was Gucci. My blood pressure's great, low blood sugar, everything's good. But we got to X out the last five weeks of my life, so don't talk about that. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, oh. But yes, optimism <laughs> is fucking key. You got to live that lifestyle being happy and positive. And every now and then, like James, you will fall out of it, but you can come back into it. You know what I mean? There's certain things that will happen that will be discouraging. Yeah. And, right. but, and yeah, it's happened to me, man. Like I'll, I'll get into these slumps where I'm like, um, I'm, you know, Mr. Pessimist or whatever. But overall, like, I think we need, we need, and we need to remind ourselves that, um, you know, uh, like you said, just thinking positive and being optimistic will contribute to the good in the world. It's, you know? yeah, at least by, at least at the first, by making you not a miserable son of a bitch. Yes. Yeah, you can't yeah. live that life. You know, I, I know a couple guys like that, and it's just like fucking, it's fucking like draining. And sometimes that you like almost feel bad, like what kind of life did you live like before you like did you have this thought that your whole life or if you just gone through fucking bad luck bad situation mm-hmm. fucking shitty shit well that's to what build this idea of what the it, it, uh, world looks like yeah i mean that's the thing is like skepticism and fucking you know pessimist shit and just being like having a negative outlook or like no hope on the future is just fucking the world <laughs> kicks you in the nuts enough times yeah, you're like for long it. enough. Yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, it's like the Joker. There's nothing right? you can do about it. Yeah, it's like the Joker. Well, I mean, there is stuff you can. No, I mean, do like, there's nothing it. you can do about life feeling, doing that. To doing you. that to, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like that is. T- it does become tough when you get thrown a bunch of bad shit. Um, but you, you know, we always hear the stories of the, or, or even know people who they get a, 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 you know, a bad diagnosis or something like that, and they they continue that positivity and they pull through. Or yeah, yeah. Even then, sometimes they don't. But, the opposite. But just like being positive and keeping a good mindset up to the end, because what is it? What does it really do to keep a negative mindset? Even if a bunch of shit keeps it's happening, w- it's to you? wasted fucking energy. I think it. Li- I think it literally can make you sick. In your body. I, I And here's agree. the thing. I here's the thing. Agree, it's like, yeah. Meredith was watching this. I thought it was going to be like super far out woo-woo bullshit. Yeah. And it was basically talking about mind-body connection. Yeah. Like, and it is, you know, startling. It's staggering how, I mean, the placebo effect. We've talked about this before. It's crazy. It's sure. just, an, it's, it's, it's a real effect. Yes. Real shit is happening in your body. Yeah. But it's not because of the thing you took. Yeah. Yeah. So what does that tell you? Your body is capable of doing this. Yep. yep. So, you know, I've heard stories, again, it's all anecdotal, but still, it's like, you know, people that have had untreatable illness, cancer, that's just not going into remission, and like a, a mental shift was seemingly the thing that that 
changed things for them. Right. And, and whether or not it's the hundred percent reason, yeah, it's it got to be part. It's, of it. a, it's I'm gonna, gonna say I'm gonna say I'm gonna go further and say it's a majority of the part of it. Yeah, I read an article. Uh, fuck, I don't remember where I read it. But it was nine gag. It was a, it was definitely nine gag. <laughs> but it was a story about a man. He went into this fucking study, took a pill, you know, and um, that night goes back home. He loses his fucking shit. Goes to the hospital. The doctors are like, he's having a fucking heart attack right now. He, they're putting him through all these tests. He's having reactions to the drugs. He's like, they're like, we can't figure out what's going on. This guy's dying. He's going through organ failures and shit. And then he tells them that they, he took a drug. He did a study. The doctor comes fucking in, figures out who he was. He's, he took a fucking placebo. Like, it's not even real. Yeah. And then the dude snapped out of it completely. No more fucking effects. And the doctor's like, what the fuck? Like, dude, this dude took sugar pills. He's fine. And while he was at the hospital, they were like, what the fuck? And then he was fine like 20 minutes later. Yeah. But his heart, his heart yeah. was like he was having a heart attack. His fucking organs were shutting down. All sorts of shit. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Even if you just, even if you just look at basic, like, human physiology, when your mind is in a position where you feel like you're in this fight or flight mode, or you're under stress, and even from whether that's external sort of influence. It has a a an effect on your body. Yeah, physiological. A physiological yeah. effect on your body that includes a release of certain hormones, mm-hmm. cortisol, which is one of the big stress hormones, which also influences your blood sugars, yeah. impacts your sleep performance, throws off your circadian rhythm, yep. causes an, a, a huge amount of... That's um, your endocrine system, too. Yeah, it disrupts your entire endocrine yeah. system. And, and it's one of the reasons why, like... Even trying to like manage like high stress people who have diabetes is fucking so goddamn hard Uh, because you're like, my blood sugars are out of control and it's not what I'm eating, but it has a lot more to do with your fucking just being stressed all fucking day long. Mm -hmm. There's another thing that where I encountered this, like when my back was injured, one of the times it was injured. I don't remember which time, but um, it hurt. Well, yeah, it hurt. But part of it was (laughs) like, you know, you get to a point where. You know, you might be still having back pain, but there's nothing, there's no physical damage in your body. Right. And the pain is like, it's it's a learn, exactly, it's learned. learned. Uh, So, you know, massage isn't going to do anything for learned pain, you know. Yeah. Drugs. I mean, that's the result of like, you know, some sort of trauma, but, you know. So so that's actually, that's a, that's a big um, area of relearning that pain framework that mm-hmm. that is we're trying to figure out with like the opioid crisis mm-hmm. being able to either taper off meds or find other modalities to manage pain but it also is part of rethinking or being able to um, relearn that pain so like for example let's say you have uh, an injury and you um, like every time you straighten out your right leg you feel a jetting sensation of pain mm-hmm. after a period of time you start to expect it. expect it and those same receptors that causes that that trigger of pain even though if you were to straighten your leg and no physical damage is being done you're still 
your brain is telling you that you are in pain. Yeah. Uh, isn't isn't like pain pills like opioids don't they block that reaction of synapses communicating from I, each other it dulls out those synapses so that communication doesn't happen anymore i think so So like you don't feel pain and after you do it for a long enough time and you try to wean off it those connections start to rebuild and those connections start happening so now you're feeling just regular what regular people feel so, relating it to pain but here's the problem right? with with opioids is you can actually um with like a certain amount of dosage you can you can still favor pain and it stops working even you can favor pain like you want it to no, happen no, no, no not like favor pain that's probably a poor choice of words but like um it doesn't have like this the effect on your body is um, it, it does dull it after a while, but if you're if you're still thinking that you're in pain or you're or it's triggering those pain receptors in your brain, you can start to it becomes harder to suppress pain with the same dosage. Oh, so, so you, you to, just yeah yeah you get tolerant to that yeah, dose. You yeah. need to up it. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like drinking when you have like emotional damage. You need more and more to block out that emotional damage because <laughs> it keeps coming back. Right. I totally get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the yeah, thing yeah. is, is you have to you have to kind of reteach your brain about how to manage pain with extending your leg. And okay, this isn't causing a physical damage. Okay. I can still move my leg without actually hurting my body. And and that becomes tricky. Mm-hmm. And 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 again, that kind of goes back to this whole connection of. Your... It's crazy, yeah. It just reinforces that that connection between your mind and your body. In that yeah. sense, it's like a negative one, right? But for sure, if it works in one direction, it works in the other too. Yeah, yeah. Have you guys ever seen the the show House, the TV no, show? What, what is this about? It's like a like, show is it like, is with it like this fucking brothers? doctor. I think so. It's like on this Home Garden doc- Network. This doctor loves pills, but he's like super smart. Yeah, so fucking house yeah. that movie fucking that show. What's that guy uh, Hugh Laurie. Hugh yeah. Laurie, Who's yeah, yeah. British. There's an episode, you know, and he, you know he's like off the off the rails, drug addict, but he's so good at his job that you know he's saving yeah. people. All this bullshit. Anyway, no situation that ever would have happened. Yeah, but, none yeah. of them. And he like does all this drastic. One of the episodes, there's this fucking guy, right, and he loses his hand, but when he got his hand chopped off at the moment, his hands, his fist was clenched tight lost his hand and then he had like he couldn't unflex his hand He's so like his phantom forearm, pain. it phantom pain his forearm was stuck like this yeah. so it was tight and it was like years that's a, 10, well, that's a little years. bit different than a phantom limb effect because it's not the hand that he's feeling it's like yeah your your hand your fist is clenched but it's almost like like your he, mind can't tell your fist to unclench because there's no connection to your fist anymore. Right. Or something. right. So, so like he goes through this entire episode, this guy's blah, blah, blah. He's in pain. He's taking pain pills, blah, blah. He kind of gets a soft spot for him because he's addicted to pain pills and his other reasons. He ends up fucking going to this guy's house, breaking into his fucking house in a way, kidnapping, duct taping him to a fucking chair. Duct taping house? No, like house duct tapes this dude to a chair. Okay. Right? Oh my he, god. He he builds this fucking like cardboard box with mirrors in it, puts his hand, his left hand, into the box, then it reflects that similar hand inside. He puts a stub in the other one, and now he's got two hands. He's looking down, he, the guy sees both his hands, and he goes, All right, fucking just 
relax and let go. And he let he like unclenches his fist on this side, which then makes him think he unclenched his fist on this side, and then he like loosens up his forearm. And the dude starts crying. He's like, "Holy shit!" Like all the pain's gone. It's pretty yeah. crazy. I don't know. That's what it reminded me of when you guys were yeah, talking no, about some, sure. body and mind there bullshit. There are some weird effects that people have just demonstrated through sort of experiments like that where, you know, one side of your brain controls, like... Creativity. Uh, no, I was going to say, like, forming words or articulating things in, in language. Um, and if you can, you can set up studies where certain images are only played to, to one or the other, one half of your brain or the other, or like one eye or the other. So you might be shown an image to the eye that corresponds to the side of your brain that doesn't do uh, language or like putting things into words. Mm. And your brain will come up with a story as to why you might have like, you know, what did you see? I saw a chicken shed or a chicken and a shovel or whatever. Um, I'd have to find the details on this because I'm, I'm losing them. But. I know like creativity and mathematics are in different quad- quadrants. And then based on your eyes, they're on opposite sides. So like your right will control your left and your left controls your right. Right. That's true, right? Um, well, in, in it's, yeah, in c- control sense, but, you know. There's really it's creative a, it's, people and there's it's really It's more like fine-grained fine than creativity is in one half of the brain. Right. It's like, you know. Yeah, creative thinking or like problem solving or what have you, because um, it's it's more modular. You know, it's not just like this whole half of the hemisphere does all these things. Yeah, yeah. I think that whole left brain, right brain thing is just a a broad stroke kind of. I know explanation. there's. I know there's studies where they were, or not studies, but people have had injuries where like their one entire hemisphere of their brain is. Sh- cut off from the other mm-hmm. they yeah. cut that uh, middle phineas gage they cut off yeah that yeah. middle part he and, was a railroad worker yeah and he was working with a steam-powered drill or shovel and, and his, his connection between his brains the, got cut the off the fucking iron rod went up through the middle of his head severed his corpus callosum and he was never the same after that like he was a completely different dude yeah but he and, lived he lived yeah but sometimes severing that connection is good for um epileptic patients because what happens is you'll have a seizure start in one side of your brain and then it'll sort of like trigger into the other side of the brain so they'll when they sever that it it limits the effects of seizure basically one side of your brain comes up comes up with a narrative for something that happens but there's ways to suss out what the other side of the brain is seeing when they have these sort of images you know you see one image and you see the other and then your brain makes up a story about why you saw what you saw Mm -hmm. or one half of your brain does so it just basically kind of goes to show you that you aren't as front and center in control of everything as you think you are mm-hmm. in the sense of like the you when we talk about it is a narrative self you like you know if you think about the last year of your life that's the narrative self putting it into a narrative mm-hmm. right so yeah i've definitely have seen i mean i mean like with a lot of the clients that i work with i see i see how much of an influence of how you frame something in your mind, whether or not that sort of leads to a positive outcome or a negative outcome. Mm, mm-hmm. And it's like, it's very, very interesting. And like, I don't know, like, geez, I'm trying to think of like a specific example, but 
you know, a lot of times people have like, well, whether or not they want to try to do something or change a habit, they either have this like all or nothing type of mindset or they find like, okay, I can't do this for X, Y, and Z reasons or, um, fuck, I, I, whatever I just did wasn't good enough when in reality it was like, holy shit, this is a huge victory, but their mindset and their frame of work is telling them that they weren't as successful as they were. And that's a huge barrier to, to your own success right? and, and, and achieving what you're looking for. Yeah. So your mind work, your framework is fucking a big part of this equation. And oftentimes it gets easily overlooked. Right. Right. I think a lot of like from person to person, self-awareness, like your level of self-awareness is going to be different. Like how do you perceive the actions and the things that you say and do? How are they actually like, how are other people perceiving them? How are you perceiving them? Like, can you, can you describe to me? what you just did kind of thing. Like everybody does that a little bit differently for whatever reason. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and everybody is like differently aware of the own aches and pains that they may have or the own, like just the way their body feels or the way, like how you're perceiving things like. But I mean, that's the thing is like those instances of pain or whatever sort of go together to form the frameworks that he's talking about. So, like, you might have someone who's got, you know, issue after issue happening, then they start to develop the mindset that they're sort of plagued with illness. Yes. And that's the type of thing that you have to undermine, because Mm -hmm. if you go into a treatment plan saying that I'm, doesn't matter, I'm, you know, disabled forever. Yeah. It's going to, you're, you're okay. Yeah. Well, that attitude. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I mean, it can swing in the opposite direction too, though. That's what I'm saying, and that's the that's the hard yeah, thing. that's the hard thing to exactly. do because if you have that, if you have what I like to refer to as like, you know, evidence for the shittiness of the world. Yeah, which is could be anything from I stub my toe every day for the last week to, you know, I've had all my family die and, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's that forms that sort of uh, mental picture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my my dad is like that. So he, I feel like he's just gone through like a rough. 30 solid years of like shit (laughs) where he like has a kind of like a negative outlook on life politics just like general like well-being and and just like his outlook is kind of negative he's very skeptical about a lot of things and i actually talked to him about it in a way i was gardening i was in the greenhouse like pruning tomatoes and he came out and i don't know how it started but he was just like he was kind of saying like how i've been just lucky He's like, you've just had luck your whole life. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, everything you touch and everything you do turns to gold. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, like everything you do, like you've just been lucky your whole life. And I'm like, I don't know if it's lucky. I'm like, but I'm fucking like, whenever I get involved in something, I like try to learn as much as I can about it. And I fucking try to like do the best I can when I get into something and I get involved in something. And I, after he told me that, I kind of just thought about it. And he was, I just feel like, I was like, bro, like, I just think you need to try a little harder on the things that you're passionate about and you'll see the real outcome of like hard work in a way. I mean, I'm not, he's also not entirely wrong because your mentality that you have when you go into doing whatever you do. Yeah. Did you choose that? 
when I get involved, we've talked about this type of thing. Before. Yeah. When you I know. get into something I like to do, yeah, I, I choose to no, no, get into no, no, that no. thing. Did you choose to have the men- the mental the ability to go all in? Right. Like, did you? No. Cho- fuck like, no. For example, you can choose. You know, choose the way you approach I your choose hobbies. my hobbies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but do you yeah. choose? No, I did. Choosing I don't. of your hobbies? No, yeah, you know what I mean, <laughs> right? Right. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, yeah. in a way, you are lucky because you're lucky that you have that 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 uh, I keep the losing. drive, maybe the drive, the the frame of mind. You yeah. have tunnel vision. You know, that is something like something. that is something that both you and Seth have. Um, is that, fucking that of always... tunnel vision in complete <laughs> crippling? Um... No, no, just that ability to. To just block out everyone you love to just get that goal that you want. I guess I'm good at that. You have a similar idea. I don't as much. No, I don't. Like if like (laughs) when I, I romanticize this idea of like pursuing something, a new hobby or whatever. Yeah. I don't go like I don't buy into it nearly a quarter of what you two fuckers do. Mm -hmm. Where it's like you want to learn beekeeping. And all of a sudden, you're fucking reading 400 books about beekeeping. You're learning the the mating habits of the bees and the what makes it right and wrong and how do you like right. the intricacies. That's fucking hard to me. I don't see, okay. and that's something that I've always admired about you two fucks. Yeah. <laughs> you you fucks. You fucking fucks. <laughs> I don't. Uh, yeah, I, it's definitely something that. But that could also be a crippling thing. Uh, yeah, I think I either know, way, it it's cripple. not like you chose to be like that. No, necessarily right. for speaking, sure. for sure. in, in sure. a brute way. I mean, yeah, it's like it's what happens when you're a power eight, son. <laughs> well, yeah, like, <laughs> right. That's the thing. Is like, oh, that's right. You two are fucking solid eights. You, you both are eights. Yeah. Yeah, we, we sweep our money under the rug so our spouses don't find it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> our success. We are determined with success. Yeah, I don't know. Um that yeah that that kind of thing's weird i think it's kind of changed a little bit for me the way that i approach projects like that whereas back in the day i used to just throw time at things mm. and and i wasn't as good at actually researching and methodically thinking like how do the how do these pieces fit together i would just like throw time at shit like so if i when i started playing guitar and i started really getting into guitar um, I, I don't think I did as much research as I actually should have, yeah. but I, but I, but I did do a lot of a shitload of time, like of learning time covers just, or something. Yeah. Like, pu- like putting my hands on the instrument and manipulating. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's Where, a weird thing to compare it to because like that is something that's a weird hobby to research on. That's but, something that so, I agree not with you. So not necessarily. I, w- I would back in the day, I'd kind of agree with you on that, James. But now I would not agree with, really with you on that because I, I, I feel the it'd be a similar approach to like how I just made hot sauce. You know what I mean? Like two completely different fucking things. But before I actually made the hot sauce. Now, I did some fermented hot sauce, whatever, but I know a little bit about fermentation and how fermentation works. So it wasn't like I was diving into it completely yeah. like, blind. But. <clears throat> I didn't know how you make hot sauce. Like I knew, okay, you yeah, yeah. like grind up some peppers and shit, but I didn't know really like the mechanics of it or whatever. So I started to look. I started to read about it. I started to look at different sources and like figure out how all these pieces come together and what I need to do to make hot sauce happen. Right. I think you just unlocked something weird in my brain that I never thought about before. But where, whereas in back in back in the day, I wouldn't have looked up all that shit. I would have just been like, "Oh, I think hot sauce is made this way, so I'm going to yeah. grab this." You're just going to make this. 400 bottles and just keep 
Weird. adjusting the recipe. It, exactly. Which like back in the day when I was home brewing, I was doing a little bit of research like I was doing, but I was just doing a bunch of fucking home brewing. Whereas now, like I'm more like, okay, I do this because of this and this because of this. Like I'm more about learning how things work now than just completely diving in. Although there's, it's a little bit of both because you have to actually physically manipulate things right. and figure it out for yourself. But I think I've gotten a lot better at actually like, okay, before I jump into this completely and just try some shit, it's always just trying some shit, but let me think about like the steps. Let me think about the things that I need to do. Yeah. And based off of doing this process with a bunch of different things, you start to learn how to get better at shit quicker or what, learn whatever, how learn. the, learning how to learn, which was something that one of my um, physics teachers said to me in high school. And I didn't quite understand it. Like I, I, I thought I understood it at the time, but it wasn't until years yeah. later that I kind of really grasped what that means. And it is something that's so important. And I think it's something that you kind of need to teach kids earlier and actually like help them understand what that means earlier. It's all, it, it, yeah, it's difficult because it's hard to teach something like that because it can be subjective in certain ways. Yes, definitely. I feel definitely. like um, weirdly going to graduate school in philosophy made it so I know I really got a hard good lesson in learning how to learn with an asterisk for certain types of things mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, a broad umbrella but you know not everything yeah so it's like if I'm going to start looking up like oh I don't know the agricultural history of fucking Korea or something like that. Mm -hmm. Like I'm going to understand how to sort of contextualize that and how to approach that and get the, you know, what knowledge is good versus what's, you know, less, what's important less good. Yeah, yeah. That type yeah, of thing. Yeah. So it's like easy to sort of approach that and you have the tools to sort of approach that and, you know, get that information in you. I don't think I've ever done research on art. And I, when I say art, I view art as music. Mm hmm drawing like phys like visual, vi art. visual art in like like sensory art when it comes to like building things or gardening i never viewed it as an art but more of a, as a science where that shit should be like learned in a way like finding a teacher that would teach you the science behind the structures of ha the steps like why does a plant grow this like roots require nutrients nutrients is this and this is the nutrients they need they also need water and sunlight and this is the environment they live i always viewed that as a science not an art when it came to guitar that is 100 percent time the same as it's, like it's, it's, everything, it, everything it, is technically time yeah, it's yes, time but like when time, you said yeah. when you said i thought about devoting time to things to learn like i was like okay i get that when it comes to guitar, like there was never a time where I was like learning the science behind how to play guitar. That was just like, I put enough time in guitar and I'll learn it and it'll come to me naturally. And then I'll, I'll like learn things as I do it. When it comes to like building shit, gardening, like mechanics on fixing cars, all that was 
learn shit from like YouTube and books and reading. Same thing with beekeeping and gardening was like reading where like there was never a time where I was like, I'm going to read this book on how to draw or read this book on how to play guitar. That was time. And well, see, it, when it, you said that shit, I was like, whoa, fuck. Yeah, yeah I separate it, that shit hardcore. It all, de- do, yeah. it all depends on what your goal is. So you have to, and that's something that I don't think I understood early on, but when you want to approach a project, it's like, what is your goal? Yeah. So like if, if um, like back in the day when I was playing guitar, when I first started playing guitar, it was just a hobby. I just wanted to learn songs and learn how to play the guitar. Wanted to play sexy tunes to pick up the ladies. <laughs> right. Um, it's all about the <laughs> pussy. But, but, <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, okay, maybe being in a band would be cool. Okay. So now I have to learn how to write music. And then that's something that's very abstract because you can, you can go the, like, you can go the complete art direction and just be like, whatever the fuck I make is art. You know what I mean? It's music. And yes, that's valid. Like you can, you can just be like, okay, I'm, I'm touching this fucking thing. It doesn't matter what I'm doing on it. I'm manipulating this guitar. It's music. Then there's the complete other approach where it's just like the complete technical shred, like theory, like all that shit. Hmm. And you're just, you're doing that. But, um, like really where I want to be is somewhere in the middle where it's like, yes, I'm doing something that might be a little bit unique or different, but also there is some, I do need to learn some, I need like, who are the people that I like and like, what are they doing? How do they do that? And why do I like that? So like you've based on your shit off of goals and motivation. Uh, I didn't, I I didn't necessarily always do that or do it consciously. Right. But now it's like, okay, like I want to make hot sauce, right? Why do I want to make hot sauce? What's your goal? Am I trying to create a hot sauce company or am I just trying to um, have some homemade goodies? Have some homemade goodies. Exactly. Which is exactly what I'm doing. I'm not making a fucking hot sauce company. I just, I like hot sauce. I realized that. I was like, so why not make your own? I think I could. Ham loves mayonnaise. He, you know, why doesn't he make his own? Exactly. He just drinks it right straight. From- He's just. <laughs> I, can see I the have grimace. a deal with Hellman. The grimace, <laughs> the grimace in your chin. Dude, when you said Hellman's, that. west of the Mississippi, Hellman's is called Best Foods. Best food. You get yeah. mayonnaise, and it's called Best Foods mayonnaise. But it's the same fucking it's thing. The, it is the same company. Weird. It will say on the label. Best Foods is known as Hellman's, east of the Mississippi. Weird. And I'm just That's like, that is, that, is so fu- that is very weird. Yeah. When you say that shit about your goals and motivation, I think back of like everything I've done that don't I want do to learn. Don't do it. <laughs> well, I mean, all, Trust me, James, all the goals and motivations I've ever done was never to fucking make money. It was always to make myself comfortable. Okay. All the time. Yeah. Comfortable or interested? <sighs> interested? Ah. Uh, like, like I've always had this goal of fucking I mean, you, you making can do beekeeping, my... but that's like, what, what does that have to do with your what comfort? Do you, what do you mean by comfort as in, um, uh, how is it going to benefit me in a, um, material way? No, because it's not about making money. Right. Well, I mean, that doesn't have to be money material is just sense. money for me, baby. It's just money material. <laughs> So um, what do you? So I don't do you know, say man. Like, you, you just feel comfortable when you're doing shit like that. Like it, uh, it'll like gardening and like you feel at was peace, ma- like pe- peaceful. Yeah, making mental me, health, mental comfortable? health comfortable, but also like um, it's making like I think it was always like this goal of being. Um, uh, you know how to make. You know how to provide self reliant, exactly self reliant, yes. independence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whether it be music, um, 
like food I can provide production. entertainment for myself. I can provide food for myself. Yeah, yeah. I, I can build the knowledge a that you have. Yeah, is something yeah. that you can give yourself if anything happened. Like you have. It's that a security skill. blanket for you to have. It's security. These yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's anytime I had that thing, it was, I was always felt like I was doing it for myself. Yeah. Mm. As opposed to making fucking cash money, son. Mm-hmm. But it's always a backdoor fucking thought, you know, in the back of your head, like. Mm. <laughs> how can I fucking spin this? Into, but you yeah, know, but it was yeah. always like a self comfort survival. Yeah. There's a, thing. a couple different descriptions of knowledge in ancient Greek. I don't remember all of them, but one of them is, is techne from which techne. we get the world technical or technology or technique. Mm-hmm. And that is not knowledge uh, about something. It's like knowledge of how to do something. It's procedural knowledge, mm-hmm. which is I think a lot about what you're talking about okay. in terms of when you say building or, or what have you, and you're separating it from other endeavors. It's like, it's how to do something. And how right. and, and something like building, or what was your other example? I don't know, Garden, beekeeping, gardening, gardening, and music. Um, those are inherently goal-directed. Inherently. Yeah, yeah. You Why are you going to build something? You need you need to shelter, or mm-hmm. you need to, it needs to fulfill some functional purpose. Yeah. Whereas something like art, or yeah, I guess just art, nece- doesn't necessarily have a built-in... Uh, goal to it. You know what I mean? So for those things that do, it's a lot more like how do you get from point A to point B in the most efficient, smartest or whatever manner there is really, it's hard, a lot harder to do that with guitar unless you're like really specific about it. Yeah. I want to be a session musician, right? Okay. This is the skills that I need to acquire to be a session musician, or I want to be a touring musician. This is the skills that I need, which, which even in a sense is like, even then you're just talking about, you know, procedural knowledge well, because it's like, you're not talking about the music you're talking about. And that's ex- the thing. No, that, that's the, exactly. All that stuff around exactly, it is yes. procedural knowledge. It's yes, like, okay, yes, how do you play yes. guitar? Well, here's what you got to do. You got to put your hand here and okay, now you've produced a sound. Yeah. So now I've done, I've gotten that far. So if I want to be a touring musician, what's the other shit? Okay. I need to play in a band. Okay. Or I need to be enough to be in a band. How do right. I do that? Okay. I need to meet people. I need to make connections. Right. I need a to certain get... amount of freedom and work a certain like, you know, yeah. gear, you know, all these things. It's like, and you figure out how to all do those things like if i really wanted to be a touring musician now i think i'd be able to do it because my approach it the way things happen now now it might not be an original touring musician right or it might not or whatever but it's just like if my goal is just be a touring musician okay yeah these are the steps that i need to do and these are the people that i need to connect and these are the things that i need to complete to make that happen I think I could do it. Yeah. But that's not like my goal. What right your goal now. is. I so, feel like a lot of people who, when they start playing instruments or when they start getting involved in tradition, traditionally creative endeavors. Yeah. It's as a, maybe when you're a teenager or something, mm-hmm. it's, and it's, it's in direct opposition to all this techne. It's in, a, in direct yeah. opposition to all this knowledge of how to do something. It's like, this is, this is not that. Exactly. You know, Exa- I don't I, want it to be that. Yeah. It's like, fuck this kind of music or fuck that. I'm going to do this thing. Right. And like, imagine if you had just started playing guitar and your dad's like, oh, so you want to play, uh, you want to be, you want to be a rock star, huh? Well, here's what you need to do. You're going to need to drill these scales or blah, blah, blah. And then you have to make, you know, go down these mailing lists and contact these people. It's like going to completely suck the joy out of. Yeah, exactly. You know, what, what is at least initially sparking you to that? Unless you really strongly want to be yeah. a rock star or something <laughs> right. like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But being, I mean, being a teenager too, like, it's really hard to figure out what the fuck do you want to do? Right. Some people are just inherently driven and they know, they're like, this is what I want to fucking do. Like, and they don't care about anything else. They're like, I'm just going to make this happen. But a lot of us, I think most of us 
are just trying to fucking figure it out along the way. Like, right. What do I, what do I like? What do I want to do? What are my goals? And, and the, those can change. Those will change from it minute to hour definitely to month a moving to target. year, you know? Um, when I was a kid, I was definitely focused on environmental science since I was like seven. And I, I feel like when I was a kid, I was more of like, I want to be doing shit with animals and biology. Cause I was like fucking collected animals and shit from the woods. But like it always, I always felt like I stayed on that. I kept all the dead ones. I kept all the dead ones, you know. Played I have their bodies. You know, I actually killed a lot of animals as a kid too, like small ones, you know. Like them crawdaddies? <laughs> Just like various mammals, and various, cats, various dogs, mammals, you know. Squirrels. All sorts, whatever. All but I always f- followed that that path of killing small animals until I got older and I started killing humans, yeah. mostly prostitutes and hookers. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. now I'm like so comfortable getting away with murder. In it's fact, almost easy. Like I'll just see a stranger at the supermarket and I'd be like, he's going to die tonight. And I don't even blink I just an have eye. to kill a drifter to get an erection. Yeah. You've so, just gotten really good at that, James. And I, I'm proud really of you. Good at, yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thanks. Yeah. Guys, thanks. Yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> it's been a long journey. <laughs> yeah. You put a lot I'm of just, time into this. I'm just glad I'm And that was more time than technique, I think. I, no, I think a, it was both. I it's really a time. Think it was both. I think yeah. it's, a, it's an art form. The so time, I view yeah. it as an art form where it requires time. But it's also a science, like Q said. Yeah, it's like yeah. a thing. Specifically in the not getting caught part of it yeah sure. so Un- until right now <laughs> until now until- <laughs> one of the until things this I en- episode airs one of the yeah. things i enjoy doing is helping the police try to catch the criminal and then like trying to give them little clues notes like um puzzles for yeah, them to yeah, solve yeah, yeah. so that's fun too you know so i here- keep it all i keep it all on my i have a cabin in the woods and i keep all like my um kills on yeah. documented on the walls with like newspapers and shit Yep. And I usually like to keep a little memento of some sort, whether it be Match. like a bone or fingernail, you know, yeah. fingernails, you know, like jewelry. I like jewelry a lot. <laughs> ID. I keep all the IDs, you know. And yeah, so you do wear a lot of jewelry. And I was actually <laughs> I was wondering about that. Uh, so just listen till the end of this episode and we will let you know exactly where James's uh, secret <laughs> hidden cabin is. And that's been uh, TFK. Christ, our Lord. Uh, did you play it yet? Are we recording? <laughs> yeah, we're recording. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, all that whale cum. 20 gallons. Are worth. five gallons. as sweaty as I am? What are you eating, broccoli over there? Jesus. He's eating his spinach clumps with his garlic hummus. Yeah. Classic Andrew Quist snack. Exactly. Um, yeah, so we had Andrew Quist on today's episode. And Q. His name is Q. Yeah, because I don't okay. know who Andrew Quist is. Andrew <laughs> Andrew. All I know is I know a Sven Quist. I know Sven. Oh yeah, yeah, I know Sven. Sven Sven the Silverfish. Yeah, Sven the Silverfish. Yep. So today on the episode we had Sven the Silverfish on. He was a very great guest. He had a lot of insight about different animals. Yep. Yep. Um, He's very smooth. Like his body's very smooth. Fun (laughs) fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like fun facts about ocean critters, like Mm -hmm. whales Mm -hmm. and their load amounts, quantities that they produce, which is all accurate. 
It's all yeah. accurate. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He was homeschooled, and that's pretty much what they taught him, right? In yeah. school is yeah. loads. Animal on, loads. Uh, very specifically, it was the load to heart ratio. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah, right. The yeah, sizes. Yeah, yeah. Of the and denizens of the deep. Exactly. Of the deep. I mean, and even humans, too. It's, it's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it just, that's, it's like the that's gold. That's the scale. It's like the golden ratio, yeah, yeah. but it's the load to heart, heart ratio. Yeah, yeah. Oh. yeah. Man, it, apl- right. it applies for all um, land and sea animals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's science. And it's good science. And um, that's all I got for this QC. Listen, this was something where we were all kind of just speaking from our hearts, our minds. We dug a little bit deep here on sort of our own personal philosophical levels. And, uh, yeah, there's nothing really here to QC. All right. You motherfuckers know what exactly you're supposed to do. I want to give a big shout out to all our fucking fans, all our future fans, and all our current fans. I've been fucking repping this podcast for the last month, two, three years going on. We got a lot of new fans. I want you guys to enjoy this fucking episode. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to follow us on all our podcast streaming sites. Thank you all. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Later. Sausage candles.